hello and welcome back to our podcast but a fanfic of a fanfic that is self synthesis between fallout the popular game about a post-apocalyptic wasteland and my little pony a popular show about pastel horses hi i'm fi i'm joined once again with my co-host weird say hello weird one of these days you're going to address me by my full and proper title i i swear it uh someday before one of us dies uh, that's right. I am your co-host, Sal Whittington Esquire. Unfortunately, it takes all the brain power I need to try and get over all those plosives, so it's either one or the other. Either I just gobble ghoul up the, uh, the opening, or I get your name right. Can't have both. But yeah, hi everyone. A jukebox can dream. <laughs> um, so what was it? Where did we leave off last time? A, um, a bath. We, we, that's what happened last a time. Bath. A bath. Uh, an involuntary bath. I, and that's... I mean... That is indeed where we open this this week. Yeah, the, the the sort of general like meta plot that we've been sort of experiencing recently is... HG is trying to do a little play all the sides against the middle type, uh, type gambit. She gets caught by one faction and they need her to do a job. So she gets caught by the next faction and they need her to do a job. Uh, rinse, repeat, ad infinitum. But trying to get a little shaky action on the side as well. But yeah, we open up with a funny, funny, funny makeover scene. And like, I feel like I'm like losing my mind because like every time something happens in in Heroes, I'm like, oh, it's that scene from Project Horizons again. I don't remember this in Project Horizons. The- when 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 did... When did Blackjack get a mandatory makeover? So that happened in the like late end of the story, but like this might just be a like a synchronicity thing of just like, hey, let's do a funny makeover. It's more much more likely what it is, but uh there was a scene in which they were at the like uh the ghoul town of Meat Locker, uh late into the story, and for reasons I don't exactly remember why, Blackjack was like forced into an outfit. I think the logic being that, like, Meat Locker has this, like, rule on wearing clothes. Her and uh, Lacune uh, had to wear clothes there. And so she got, like, a cutesy makeover. And it spends a bunch of time talking about how, like, attractive she is. I have absolutely no memory of that, mainly because it's a struggle to even remember Meat Locker. Yeah. Like, I, I remember it as, like, an interesting set piece that had no purpose. Yeah. That was the... <laughs> That was the, 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 the chapter where she had a, like, someone, like, framed her for murder, and then immediately the next chapter was like, uh, yeah, no, we know you're not guilty. There's no way you could have committed this murder. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, cool. <laughs> thanks. Uh, it, it was it was a double anti-cliffhanger, because, for one thing, we knew the protagonist could easily fight their way out of it, if pressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, didn't even have to. Like, it's... <laughs> But yeah, but so in this chapter, Hired Gun gets a funny makeover from the finishers, and it's uh, it's it's a makeover scene, all right. I, I don't mind it so much. Uh, it's it's <laughs> this chapter is definitely very very body shamey to Hired Gun in specific. <laughs> like, there's a lot of characters who comment on how ugly they think Hired Gun looks in a dress, and it's just like, oh. First of all, hired gun. Yeah, but yeah, she she's crammed into a into a dress, and uh, there's a quick mention of like, ah, oh, you know, I look a lot, I look a lot whiter when I'm not covered in blood and soot. 
Uh, they they also fit her with a with a pair of um, literal rose colored glasses. Yes, some cool shades to call back to a really early part of the podcast, like fucking two years ago. But yeah, she gets rad uh, uh, sunglasses with 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 uh, rose tint. She's mildly aggravated by uh, how saccharine everything looks. Yes, <laughs> in, in literal rose tint. <laughs> yeah, they they get the little moment of like, ta-da! You look passable yay and then uh and then they jump flare and they they cram him into a dress as well uh which is pretty good because he's smarted off (laughs) essentially yeah he gets uh well it's i mean it's it's pretty good just desserts for him like chuckling to himself about this entire plan the entire time so naha now both of you need to be in cute dresses which you know it's it's a fun it's a fun little comedy scene uh, if, if people forget what we're actually doing this week, uh, it's, it's, uh, Hired Gun has to go be a liaison to the, like, one of the other, how, like, like, gangs they haven't met yet, who has a considerable, like, force, uh, that, the Galatians yeah. who have, have the, the, uh, robot army, yes. robot death army, yes, the Ponytrons, Pontrons, but yeah. So they go need to go talk to Granny Dynamite, but so that's why they're all in in funny dresses the whole time. But yeah, so we cut to the next scene, and it's like you know them just walking the the boulevard and getting like catcalled by everybody they see, which is is funny. Uh, Hired Gun definitely remarks on it. it's like it feels weird not to have everyone fear me. Um, <laughs> oh, and also a detail I almost missed is they also like painted her 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 cybernetic leg like purple. Uh, so now it looks really garish. Uh, it, I, I can I can't help but think about like it looking like one of those like ugly Overwatch skins where everything's like <laughs> brightly shiny gold. <laughs> no, like yeah, reflective um, uh, purple pink paint. Yes, yeah. just just bloom out the ass for no reason. But yeah, because and now they need to go to the 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 Clips and Clops Casino, which is the like. So like uh, uh the there's like a giant Pinkie Pie head that dominates the skyline and uh so to further reinforce this like Pinkie Pie thing um there's the like Clips and Clops Casino which was a like ministry center like it was like a ministry place but that doubled as a casino which you know isn't like that out there considering how the Ministry of, like, the, the Manhattan branch of the Minister of Morale was all doubled as a, like, club that, like, had a proper, like, had a DJ and everything in it. It's not surprising, the idea of having a Ministry of Morale location that's also uh, a big, dumb casino. But, yeah, uh, they get greeted by some robots. Uh, the robots have, like, the scary, like, uh, army soldier faces, but when they come up to the building, it, like, swaps to, like, a Pinkie Pie head and does, like, a a pre-recorded like welcome to the grand casino kind of thing uh which is mostly just uh, creepy because of its juxtaposition uh hg gets spooked and things almost go um upside down yeah <laughs> because she hears a uh hears a blast uh and she's she's ready to like commence to murdering yes. um and it turns out to be a party cannon yes uh because everything inside is aggressively pinkie pie themed like just, just, just a disturbing a lot of uh, amount of uh, uh, of insistence on theme. So like everything's pink. 
all of the like slot machines look like giant cupcakes like the actual like pit like the actual casino pit is like all of the tables are like different fruit themes and stuff uh, and yeah, in the corner, they just have a cannon that they fire confetti from. Yeah, like apparently the big insistence of the Clips and Clops Casino is to try and like maintain the verisimilitude that they are like, that like, the the Golden Age never ended, I guess. Like they, they, they're, they're dedicated to keeping on theme uh, more so than the other clubs are where like, everything's fine. <laughs> Sorry? Everything's fine. Fine. Because, yes. like, the moon's way more of, like, a cat house, and the ale house is, like, got, like, a murder pit. Which, we get on the radio, I don't know when this comes up, but that the the fighter, like, the fighter that they fought, like, that was in there, which was Batman, isn't the same as Batmare, which is apparently a different character. And they, the Batmare was threatening to sue for libel, or, like, usage of name trademark. Yeah. And and uh, Mr. Paradise like notes that no one knows what this means. <laughs> <laughs> like, like like a handful of of, of astute uh, yeah uh, uh, learned ponies know that it was like a thing in the old world, but there aren't like there isn't a universal court that anybody <laughs> recognizes. So good luck with that, Batman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which is quite funny. Yeah, um, but so they 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 they, they get to the boss. And uh, they get to meet Granny Dynamite, who is interesting, I guess. Well, it, it, she's what it's, she's what it says on the tin. She's old. She she she, she, she is old and is is always in all circumstances armed with dynamite. <laughs> Even in her wheelchair in a casino office. Yeah, she definitely feels like somewhat out of place as the like leader of the Clips and Clops Casino, I suppose, and and the, the Galatians, but uh, but she's very very cranky uh, with these these upstart horses. They also have um, photo finishes like second in command, whose name escapes me right now, showstopper or something like that. Screenshot maybe I think is their name actually, but she does like most of the talking for them. Uh, basically, the the way this shakes out is that they want. They 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 know that the Galatians like don't want dice to turn tits up. Like that's that's the thing that they care about the most is they they care about homeostasis between all the factions because that's just the way things work best as far as they're concerned. So uh, they want they they know that this is going to turn into like a, a a whole war. Like they've they've set out both sides, the Mustangs and the and the and the um. The, the 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 bases the 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 fuck Mary kills uh, the sex puns are going to go to war, and they want to enlist their robot army to like force some sort of peace between the two of them, or at least like mop up. Like I don't know, and f- finish it. Yeah, as as quickly as possible. Uh, I I think they ultimately come down like that. Uh, from from what I recall, um, the the the. Uh, abbreviation of this conversation is that granny had already decided that the mustangs are proving to be a problem Mm -hmm. um their um rumor has it they're collaborating with the minotaurs which is bringing way too much um nca attention i forget what way too much nca attention to the city yeah and they they're already like 
they're already bad enough. <laughs> like they, they, they already want in here. Um, and so they don't need any more justification than um, uh, uh, anyone can give them. And the Minotaurs are just generally not the horse to back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or at least uh, <laughs> uh, most people agree. Most ponies, anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, and so she had already, like, she, she fundamentally had already decided that she was gonna. She was just um, fucking with them. Mm -hmm. Because fuck them, they're not... They're nothing. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, they're, 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 they're not as serious. They, they, they're, they're a little bit too brand conscious for anyone to, like, uh, take them seriously. Uh, also charitable. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, the... Uh, Damn it! Well, I, 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 of course didn't take notes because that, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's some significant piece of conversation that happens uh, because um, one of the Ponetron screens flickers in response to it. That like um, HG notices that like something's weird going on with at least one of these robots in the room. That it's it's like projected face uh, changes very briefly mm -hmm. uh, in response to something, uh, and so it's ominous. Uh, but I can't recall what precisely. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either. Uh, I, I didn't take the note that. But but it does it does it does um, it, it partly exists to like sort of confirm that these these things are are sort of one to one the the Securitrons from uh, New Vegas. Mm. But horse. <laughs> yes, but horsey time. It's also interesting that like Mister House doesn't live in this tower. Like that that the, the, the Ponytrons are in, in are controlled by one of the gang factions and a, a gang faction that's managed to set themselves up in the center of town. Yeah. So do we even know where Mr. House is? No idea. Or cause what? they, cause yeah, cause they don't even, they don't even go up the tower in this either. They just kind of like, they like, which, you know, HD's thankful for because of her aforementioned fear of heights. So, so she, she, she was pretty concerned about that. So yeah, they don't like, yeah, we have no idea what house is equivalent in this story. Could be anything. Like, I assumed that the moon was going to be related, but that was because I was working under the assumption that the Mustangs were, like, a one-for-one for, one for, like, the tops, you know? Yeah. Because Roy, like, Roy just seemed like Benny to me. But, like, yeah, this is very, like... But they seem a little bit more like the Omeritas. Yeah, they're very shuffled. But, yeah, they're, 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 yeah. they're definitely not quite exactly what I was expecting, which, I mean, is good. Like, that's, like, yeah, uh, I wasn't expecting it. But, yeah, so they report back to Molly and, and basically is like, hey... Tonight's got to be the night that you take you do the raid. Roy's having some big party, but they're they're mostly like, like it's 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 they basically get like we get two near identical conversations with with Molly and Roy that are basically like, you did good, kid, and if you ever need a job, come see me and you, we can make you a permanent member of my gang. Uh, Though Roy's has a little bit more but, going on, but Roy's has 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 some very important differences. In that um, he has a complete fucking nervous breakdown. Yes, yes he does. <laughs> um, when when it's brought up, um, yeah. How about uh, I heard about the uh, your association with the Minotaurs? What <laughs> fucking association? <laughs> they got me by the short hairs. This is a nightmare. Yeah. Look, I'm just trying to keep this this organization afloat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, like, um, admittedly, it, like, the Roy's a bastard, and rightly so. Like, I did end up feeling a little bit, like, sympathy for him. Because, like, one of the other things that they have going on is they control, like, the water plant that, that the, uh, that is, like, a lot of, like, the clean water comes from in Dice. And he's one of a very small number of people who know how it works. So, 
he's a little bit more valuable than just being a some big shot in a fur coat but yeah he has his breakdown and kind of like maudlinly explains like i never i was never meant to be a boss i was supposed to be i was supposed to be like a second in command type uh melancholy i think the name is the uh the guy that was supposed to be in charge but they're dead so instead roy had to take over uh hg notes that she came very very close to caring <laughs> But he did threaten to rape her little girl, yes. so... Which I respect. <laughs> I, I definitely respect. Like, there's literally a line where she's like, I was I, like, I would almost care about him, but fuck him. Like, and, and, you know, and honestly, same. Big mood. Hot, heavy agree. But Oh, man, I'd feel really sorry for you, but you're on the list. Yeah. And you don't get off that list, it turns out. But yeah, but her, her payment uh, promise is finally, like, given to her. She finally gets her gun. Yay! Uh, it's all she cares about now. And Flair almost dies. He's <laughs> very nearly killed. Yes, because it, it, it receives a spontaneous spinectomy. Because <laughs> he almost drops it. Like, well, he does drop it. No, like, well, worse, worse. She, she, like, is, 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 like, it's Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. This is all she cares about. There's one highlight in this miserable world. <laughs> involving being being B.A. Baraka-style drugged and <laughs> forced into a bath. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, just, just all of this chaos. At least she gets that gun and she opens the door to her room to find Flair playing with it. <laughs> uh, and then he drops it. Uh, and luckily it lands on a bed, but there's, like, a kind of, like, cliffhanger cut. Uh, there's a scene cut. Uh, and, and HG waxes about how, like, every fucking gun up to this point has been broken, so she's more than a little, like, nervous about people around her guns now. Somewhat understandable. (laughs) There's a scene that I don't remember the placement of it, but, like, it's just important to talk about it right now, is that they also, like, at some point see that there's, like, a vertibuck that's, like, flying overhead, and apparently, like, the Enclave remnant around here, like operate a bus service which is pretty yeah. cool <laughs> that that like that they that uh, they'll pay to like you know you can pay them to like transport you places in the town and stuff which i mean like what else are you gonna use like a flying vehicle for uh in a like unless you're like gonna be like i don't know raiding the town via firebombing or something like there's not much you could use a big a big giant military vehicle like that for so and it makes themselves like it's certainly making themselves useful, yep. like you know, indispensable to like uh, it's 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 just a it's a it's a good tactical decision. <laughs> it, it pays the bills. It keeps the lights on at the very yeah. least. Um, but yeah, cutting back actually into the story, um, there uh, we we meet back up with Serenity, and she's dressed like an adorable little an adorable little eight year old, an adorable little uh, cutesy dress, because uh, apparently like she's working as like. Uh, not like a doorman, like, you know, like the, like a greeter, basically. Like she, 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 she works the, like, the door when people come in. It's like, hey, you looking to get some stuff, uh, from, from the moon? And she, she, she is noted as using her, her adorable eight-year-old precociousness to, like, trick people into 20 to, like, spend money. But yeah... And then we get like a shopping montage that just sort of happens in the middle of this chapter because I guess I guess the logic is is because they know that everything's about to go tits up and they're like planning on leaving because basically like midnight 
of the same day is going to be when this all like hits the fan they're gonna get some supplies because like the plan is they're gonna leave the city like that's 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 what they're doing they're 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 pulling up stakes and and getting it getting out of dodges <laughs> before it gets too bad to not get out of dodge no more honestly fuck this place yeah, this place is evil <laughs> but yeah they travel to like a part of the town that's like basically a slums it's like a it's like a series of like suburbs that have been like walled off into its own little shanty town uh and apparently it's one of the things the mustangs do that are like good with air quotes where it's a it's like they like collect taxes on the suburbs but like they're not like particularly stingy about collecting taxes from this like the slums so like a lot of people just end up like living there decently rent free which is i mean it does have a little bit of a problem of how the hell do people get in there given that like this is supposed to be like the ritzy part of New Vegas and you know you have a cap check that's required to get into the town or you need to like you know forge documents or whatever but you know whatever set piece is a set piece late uh the labor class has to live somewhere i, I suppose i think i mean that, that was always a problem with New Vegas too but like the the excuse with the New Vegas at least was that everyone was being run by a bunch of robots and a bunch of uh former tribal people that had been held at gunpoint to become uh, 50s greasers so that was slightly more understandable why that was the working the way well, it did. Yeah, one of the ways in is a labor visa. So I imagine that like labor visa holders live in the in the slums. In the slums, yeah, that like you're you're not charged taxes because like you, <laughs> you didn't have money in the first place, and we're certainly not paying you. <laughs> but yeah, there I know I, like the, I think the one important sort of thing about them doing this sort of like buy and selling thing is is Flair talking about explosives again, uh, them buying more bullets. Uh, them being nice to poor people uh, and also Serenity having like a thing I'm assuming she's like practicing her like quiet spell thing more to try and like do it for longer but like in the like the loud din of the suburbs market stalls like she's she's like using it to like create a, a quiet dome around her head she basically just walk around with like noise canceling earphones on uh, HG worriedly like do, does the like magical pony equivalent of you know if you hold your face uh <laughs> if, if you keep doing that with your face it'll get stuck <laughs> that way uh where she like nervously like notes you know i've heard that unicorns you know if they if they push themselves too hard they can their magic can burn out forever <laughs> chill out mom i'm not your mother <laughs> there, there there is also like a part where she specifically does refer to her as like mommy and she, she's like no sweetie i'm not your mother <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then later literally tucks her yes, in it's very in it's very good so anyway so they uh so on top of this i guess like so so it, it doesn't get explained right away but uh on top of this uh hg's like oh also i have an opportunity to collect a bounty um so i'm gonna do that i'm gonna skim a little bit off the top of the chaos that's about to happen so they, they like get all their stuff out of the like apartment that they've been living in i guess for the last like i don't know like it's been like a week i think over the course of what's all that's happened i got the impression it's close to a month uh, i know that it mentioned i know i know okay so it mentioned like two or three chapters ago that she's been working for the mustangs for about four days and her huh. getting tied up by them happened basically when they got into into dice so I think it's been about a week. Life comes at you yeah, fast. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the entire course of Fallout Quest 3 happens in three months, so... 
it's uh, uh, twice as bright as half as long, you know? Yeah, and just, like, looking at it now, too. And, like, so, like, the actual plan is they, they, they basically, there's, like, an office building that's, like, that's, like, a dilapidated one that was, like, boarded up uh, that is, like, right next to the moon. It's, like, basically, like, you know, it has it basically that has an adjoining alley uh, behind the moon. And uh, they just bust in and they just, they hold up there for a while while waiting for this to all go down. And I think my favorite stupid part of this whole, like, shit show going down is that like the one thing that they specifically needed to do for the bases was open a door like just make sure the door was unlocked and apparently they forgot to do that just incredible levels of fuck (laughs) fuck up is our protagonist but i because i because like and they're not quite sure if it is or not and i i only can assume that it is because it's the only way that it makes sense what happens next which is that the, like, I guess the the bases work to, like, go to plan B. Um, or it might have been plan A. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know if this was always the plan. But they blow the door instead, uh, leading into a whole heap of chaos, given that the Mustangs knew they were coming, so they were well-armed. Uh, and it leads into a pretty bloody gunfight. The thing I actually kind of liked about it the most is that apparently, like, the Mustangs are doing a lot worse than everybody expects they're doing. Because... While the bases have, like, a decent force of gangsters on their side, like, the people defending the moon are mostly, like, the bartender and the strippers that are working there. That they've just, like, handed guns and... and it, But admittedly, though, because they because they knew it was coming, they do pretty well. Uh, they do, they do butcher them pretty hard. Mustang seems to be... The Mustangs seem to have, like, a pretty good, uh, like, a the difference in power seems to be that the bases had manpower or horsepower, and the, and the, uh, and the Mustangs had gunpower, basically. But it turns out that this whole thing was just a big distraction, that this was all, like, a secondary plan to a different plan. Yeah, uh, 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 uh HG is frustrated that she's been played. Yes. They lied to me! <laughs> me, an untrustworthy mercenary! He's been playing both sides. Yeah, because it turns out that Molly Molly lied to them, and she was uh, uh, she she comes along with this raid. And the reason why I brought up the like the fact that the uh, remnant are playing as a bus uh, comes up now, because they because we see the bus yeah. again. <laughs> uh, they they they're they're flying up a rooftop service um, to get her and a bunch of like goons up there because uh hg puts it together real quick from everything that she's been told today molly never wanted to kill roy she wanted roy because she she knew he was one of the few people who knew how the water plant worked so she wants that like that power for herself and this whole raid was just a big giant distraction to get him in a position where he could be kidnapped so you know the very the very tail end of this is 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 roy like you know, back on the wall, his back is on the, the glass pane uh, window of his own uh, his own penthouse uh, thing. You know, still wearing his dumb fur coat while a bunch of gas starts filling into the, into the room. Because um, they're clearly planning on knocking him out. Uh, and, oh man, I forgot to talk about, there's another, there's another side plot in this where when uh, HG gets her gun, uh, Flair does the like, haha video games moment where they talk about the idea that all the coolest guns... Uh, have names are yeah. named because yeah. his is called Bunker Buster. It's a pair. It's a dual pair of grenade rifles that he's not allowed to use because they're too dangerous. 
he he only has them because he promised he wouldn't use them in an enclosed space again. But yeah, so there's a there's a there's a there's that point, uh, and it comes up right now because. It turns out that the bounty that uh, HG was planning on claiming was Roy's, so she shoots him from the little office uh, building because like the, the the gun that she's actually being given that she was actually given for reward was like a sniper rifle, like a big glitzy sniper rifle too. If I remember correctly, it was like painted red and stuff. But yeah, so the bullets go faster. Yes, the bullets go faster. Uh, but yeah, she she shoots him out of his penthouse um, uh, uh, window. He falls out of the. Uh, out of the penthouse and lands on the ground. That guy is very dead. <laughs> His goose is cooked. Um, and I really liked the little like uh, flourish that he like he he fell out of the penthouse, hit the ground with a splat, and then his fur coat like lazily flew down behind him and then landed on his corpse. <laughs> uh, it was a very cartoon <laughs> moment. It's <laughs> Looney Tune, uh, uh, like surely p- p- piano clinks, yes. is it? Yep. Uh, and and with that, uh, she christens the gun subtlety, yep. <laughs> which is pretty good. I-, I thought it was a fun one, but yeah, and it ended up being like a weirdly short chapter for some reason. I don't know why. Like, cause it like it's a- it was like a long chapter, like content wise. I guess it was just there really wasn't that much like, like. Admittedly, like it, it as is as is per tradition, it's like hard to talk about like a fight unless it's like particularly interesting. And like it's it's like a fine fight. It's mostly between characters that we like really don't care if they live or die. Like we get told that like oh yeah, mayhem gets a bunch of ki- like licks in, and it's like sure. Um, there, there is a significant note of um, she tries to tries her best to put Serenity to bed early, mm-hmm. uh, but finds out that like she woke up and was you know was witness to the carnage. Mm-hmm. She is nonplussed about that. Yeah, I mean, I'd be pretty upset too, because it's pretty. It... Um, as this tiny child's not mother, <laughs> she is. Because admittedly, it is a pretty bad bloodbath. What with it being like an alley gunfight, and then as it was like wrapping up, like as the as the chips were falling to the sides, these ponytrons just came up from both sides of the alleyway to just kind of sweep up everything. Yeah, um, like the thing I will definitely say about this story that like no matter what else, it does a pretty good job of like, I don't know what's gonna happen next. Like, I literally have no idea what's going to happen next from this scene. Like, I feel like this is going to be one of those ones where, like, a lot's going to spin out really bad because, like, the whole promise that they made to Granny was that they're like, okay, we're going to make sure that, like, this all goes the way we need it to go so that peace is, like, maintained, right? Like, the idea, sort of the plan was that they would oust uh, Molly and the, the bases out of the... Or the Bazes, uh, out of the the sex puns. Yeah, the sex puns. Molly and the sex uh, puns. They were gonna oust them out of the uh, out of the alehouse and replace them with the photo, like photo finish and the finishers. But that kind of seems untenable now that like the Mustangs probably are also cooked because of this. That leaves a significant power vacuum uh, that I have no idea is going to fill. Uh, going forwards um like i definitely kind of expected with this story that it was going to be a little bit more of like okay we're going to play all the sides against the middle you know screw over this guy to screw over the next guy and like that's going to be like the that was going to be the story for the next few chapters but that carpet's already been pulled out so i have no idea what like 
is about to happen, which is exciting. Like, I think that's a good place to be in a story is, is I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent certain what's going to come of this. Like my, I think my speculation is going to be that like, this is all going to go tits up. Somehow the NCA are going to be become involved because like the plan is, I guess she's like my, like my guess is what's about to, like what's going to happen next is H. She's going to try and get out while the getting out is still good. She's going to like, like she's going to get to parasite mound and try to like cash in this like bounty to the NCA and because the NCA like kind like one of its major bases got nuked recently like I'm assuming that that's all gonna like come to head in some negative way my other guess is that finishers are probably either gonna turn it to be a little bit more nefarious than they were expecting or something else is going to happen to them I don't know all we can do is tune in next week <laughs> yes same pony time same pony yes, channel this is gonna be sadly a little bit of a shorter one this week um but you know that happens not much we can do about it uh mostly uh, now would be an excellent time to got anything jingles just a nerd yeah like it's it's looking into a corner (laughs) and it's there's something faintly unsettling about seeing jingles sort of like slumped uh, it's a little nefarious. Uh, please, oh, <laughs> lighten that corner. There, there is, there is like, uh, two things I, I wanted to mention. Because I, I wanted to keep on top of, like, mentioning the perks that they got. Mm. And I wanted to keep on top of uh, the quote. And I, I only noticed this quote because it stuck in my mind because I knew exactly where it was from. Uh, but yeah, level up, new perk, MOA agent. Gains additional 35 bat- accuracy with battle saddle weapons. Which, I mean, you know, given that she shot a dude. Uh, makes Makes total sense. But the one that I actually thought was funny uh, uh, is is the uh, the quote for this one is there are always and only bad people, but some of them are on opposite sides, and that is a Discworld quote. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just to call out the author, it's it's specifically a quote from uh, the character Vetinari talking to the main character Sam Vimes of the Night Watch series. Swiftly discussing the like the broader context of the idea of it is that the idea is the main character separates the world into good and bad people, while the far more capricious uh, character of Vetinari uh, is convinced that everyone in the world is evil. Uh, it's just what what they do with that evil is important. The specific flavor, yes. <laughs> but so. That's the uh, that's that's the quote for this one. I'm gonna try and keep on top of quotes for every single one of them because they, I think they they do add an enrichment to the story. I just I I like mm. I, I, it's part of it's because like I, I'm I was so used to reading FOE and so used to reading PH, which I just had seen these already, and like I don't even I'm not actually sure if PH had quotes. I feel like it probably did because like Sombra's a hack, so of course, but I I, I don't I don't remember them at all. Like they completely glitz off my brain. In hindsight, those opening quotes in FOE were very weird, mysterious, because... Oh, wait a minute, no. The story was compiled and edited by by the snootiest anime boy. Yeah. So, those... <laughs> that makes total sense. That, that actually is also something that, like, I want to... I'm, I'm sort of confused about this story in specific. Like, I liked this chapter, like, a lot, I think. Um, but the one sort of criticism that I want to keep coming back to with this, this story is that, like... It's a story that like, it's a criticism that like I normally don't pay much mind to, in a in a thing like this. The same with it, like say Weirdwood of like, who is this story being told to? But it's 
the the narration has gotten aggressively more and more like personal i guess yeah conversational like and and yeah and uh uh, and i mean i've stopped noticing it because i've made a a point of editing it out of of my like like trying to trying to like just create a cognitive filter on it because it it bothers me i want to bring up or bothered me anyway my my point of wanting to bring it up at all is just like my only thing is is i just i hope it pays off in some regard like I like that this is all being told like past tense and and they just we just didn't know about it and it's being told to some character because that that is a pretty like common staple of FOE stories like it's not just FOE like Murky Number Seven is entirely told like like post cognitive I guess it's all being told like as a story retroactively to somebody else but uh, retrospectively is what I meant to say it's there's nothing wrong with it in my opinion it's just like I'm I I'm curious if that's a it's being deliberate or it's just like you know, because it's a story being told to the, 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 the reader. You know, yeah. And because yeah, because it's gotten only it's it's gotten only more conversational as as the story has gone on, and HG has gotten more, like, like, <laughs> like I, okay. So like, I think the funny part about it is that she's gotten more like passive aggressive to the audience about it, where she seems like, you know, like, like put out and like annoyed to have to like remind the audience about plot details that happened in previous chapters um which is amusing yeah i'm I'm definitely curious to see where this goes to because i know that there's also like a big hiatus that happens at one point in this like story's lifetime so i'm wondering if that's going to come with like a very significant narrative shift because that's usually how like you know hiatus usually come with a author wanting to like fiddle with it again to some degree coming back with a different energy so that'll be interesting to see but yeah but overall yeah if you want if you want to like write us letters and stuff uh where would you do that uh if you want to help reanimate uh uh, jingles the mailbot and keep him from leering at me in that corner Mm. uh (laughs) standing there menacingly uh, please <laughs> send us an email uh to weirdingtonesq at gmail.com yes uh, you could also contact uh, us on Twitter um the safer work uh, uh, version being uh, weirdington e uh weirdington e at twitter.com or the incredibly non safer work at thou art fine also I do some cool side other projects uh they'll be linked in the thing one of them is called like paperwork yeah, and also apple moon which is a cute au about horses being sad at each other um that i've that i've uh, that i update infrequently but it's just apple strife being being one of the the, the greater conceits <laughs> um uh yeah. yeah people have to check that out yeah apple strife's great um but yeah otherwise though onward from sunshine, sunshine and rain